Hello and welcome to today's Bobblecast. That was Careless Whisper. Uh, you always love a bit of uh, AC, AC's tunes here. Um, and uh, we, we just decided to come back. Uh, they've been a bit quiet as of late, uh, having a bit of sabbatical. Uh, but we decided that we just inject a bit of laughter, a bit of positivity. And sometimes it's good, isn't it, to just, just chill out, relax and smile. Which Mitch is here today and we're joined by a guest who is a second appearance today, Matt Barney. So... Welcome, Matt, as always. Uh, good to have you. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's, after that, it's after that hat-trick appearance you had, mate, on the first time around. Uh, you know, you, you were straight back on after that. Um, so I, the first one I, I thought to get into, I, I mean, I don't want to harp on about the last game, really. Um, it is what it is. Um, it has been a topic of conversation for, for, for a lot of fans at the moment. Um, Mitch, I, I know that... Me and you were watching him regularly over the years, working on games, and talking about what he wanted to sign him. Um, and we were, we were kind of happy when we did. So I'll probably start with you on this, Mitch. But how much do you feel like we've missed Takura? Massively, massively, mate. Um, I think the stats sort of back it up. Have we won only one game out of eight when, he's, when he hasn't played or something like that? Um, I didn't realise how... Like I knew he was important to us, but I didn't realise just how important he is to that that midfield. Um, when he's not there, just now, just he's just got no legs and no energy really. Um, but what he does box the box, I mean, he's a, been a massive miss. Um, so yeah, I mean, and and he was starting to pop up with the odd goal as well, um, which nobody else in midfield does. Um, so massive miss, mate. What about yourself, Matt? Mitch just obviously brought up the goals. I think it was one thing we said on the podcast probably going back at the beginning of the season that we needed to add more goals, you know, from midfield. Um, he certainly won that. I think at the time said, you know, he could maybe add about five or seven goals. Obviously, injuries have probably got the better of him. Uh, but it has been one of them seasons, really, where, you know, it's exception, exceptional circumstances. You know, no one, we're not going to see us again where we're playing games week after week, uh, you know, as intense as, as we have. Um, you know, do, do you do the same kind of people because get to the box. I think he's he's been a he's been a massive miss, and you you look at you know, what we were crying out for at the end of last season, and we you know we, we knew that we needed legs in midfield. Um, you look at how we lined up against Spurs on the opening game, the opening day of the season, and the impact that Alan and and Decore had. And I mean, what one of one of the key things I remember from from this season, and I was on the first day, and I forget, I think it might have been Lucas Mora when he just went clean through our midfield and was heading for one-on-one with Pickford and just Decore just hunted him down and, and took the ball off him and he, he, we had nowhere near anything like that the season before we had nobody who could uh, who had that speed from midfield running from deep and, and could track a man like that and you know he he's only had one serious injury in his career and that was back in 2013 and you know, the, the games that he's missing at the moment have been you know I think it's the most um, the most in a bunch um, that he's missed, which is typical our luck. Um, but you know, as you say, popping up against the goal against Fulham, which was key, the the goal uh, at Man United, which was you know, which, which is instrumental in 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 bringing the game back to where we get to three all. Um, and I, I think he's he's been our most important player this season because cool. he's game he's as well. been, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they're getting on the end of James's pass. But you know he's he's been 
he, he's been the biggest miss that we've had because when when he's not playing and when Alan had that, that spell of being injured, we were back to last season's midfield, which is completely unfit for purpose. It's interesting because we're going to ask you this, but we'll look at why he's become so important. I think some of that's been answered already. I think Mitch obviously alluded to the fact that he can get into the opposition box. Matt's actually goes the opposite way of saying, you know, he can actually track him up and say, well, uh, you know, there's all the hallmarks of a fella who's got the, you know, the complete pedigree, that box to box midfield, and almost that we've even Garner argued at times. I mean, Garner would be the best up, 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 up the high, I mean, make challenge, but he was never really threatening the opposition goal. Uh, but Takure, obviously, he can, you know, he can do a bit of both, Carney. Uh, yeah, find yeah. us a man that yeah. can do it both. Do you know what he's like, mate? Right, and I'm not going to say he's anywhere near as good as this fella, but he reminds me a little bit like Yaya Torre, <laughs> where he can, same stature, same size, and he can, he can, ta- he can do everything. He can tackle, he can get forwards, he can get back. It's his strike pattern as well, Mitch, um, because he, he eats up the ground in, you know, seven or eight strides, and, and he's almost covered the half. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? You know, when uh, they look like they're moving slow, but they're actually moving quite Fine. quick. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, I think, you know, it wasn't a great surprise that we signed two central midfielders. Anyone that, that watched us towards the back end of last season uh, would have seen that, that kind of gap in midfields. Uh, you know, we sometimes get this argument. Well, everyone's had injuries. You've just got to get, a, you know, you've just got to get on with it and all this kind of stuff. But you know, for us missing a central midfielder when we really didn't have any, in my opinion, that were worthy of note. Um, I think he, it's clear that you know, it's massive. You know, I can't do this smile as well. You know, I'm sure the teams do as well. He's always the first person over when when we score a goal. You know, big arms wrapping around people, that great big smile he has on his face. You see him in the background of the goal pictures. How important is that as well? Which, you know, to have this kind of player. Which, I'd, I, sorry, mate, I'll just make a point as well there, right? The season before, we signed three central midfielders. And we still had to we still had to go and buy another two the season after, which says everything. Yeah, Do you, so, agree? Do you agree, like, or what? I mean, that was coming in there, weren't you? Um, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. You know, I, I think what we thought we were getting with Delph turned out to be, you know, the, the complete opposite. Um, Andre Gomez, do you know what? I was I was a huge fan of his um, when we when we had him on loan, and I, I I thought you know he he would be he would be what we needed that sort of deep lying playmaker, um, somebody who was able to um, to get us from front to back quickly. But I think when Garner went, when Garner went, I think we saw the um, the bits that he was probably making up for it in Gomez's uh, in Gomez's makeup that you know that we're seeing now. Uh, Garner hit did a multitude of sins for with, with Gomez, and then once he had the injury, um, that was that was the end of it. I think for him, and I, he's never recovered, and he's he, he's slower than Sigurdsson. And you, we just can't afford that in midfield, not at all. So the, the transfer window brings up a range of uh, interesting conundrums for us. Obviously, the right side is something that, that everyone's talking about, and you know the need for the right back, the need for the you know the right winger. Um, but we've got a lot of central midfielders there, um, as you've just mentioned, Mitch, about the ones we brought in uh, that, that didn't necessarily put the mustard. Um, 
we've got some of them on the books. It's probably a, a bit of more of a conundrum for us than at the right side because the right side, you'd like to think we've got the money to just buy a right side of play. We don't have to shift anyone on. Central midfield might have been because, you know, we've had a couple of different managers, different styles, different types of recruitments. Uh, and now we've, we've ultimately got some players that might not necessarily fit the system, but they're on, you know, they're, they're on a bit of a wage. Um, do you think that's our biggest conundrum? Uh, and who, who would you like to see maybe uh, uh, move, moved on as part of that? Um, and do you think it will rely on that, whether we bring another player in? Me, mate. Um, for, for me, uh, Fabian Delta waste of space. Uh, you know, if you if you can find somebody who's stupid enough to buy him or take him on loan or whatever, um, get rid of him. Uh, Gabon, we still don't know what he's like, and it's one of them. I mean, you know, two years into his Everton career, it's he's still not fit and. He might come back for a couple of months and then you might not see him again. I don't know. It's, that's a hard one. Gomez is another one that uh, what Matt was saying there. Unfortunately for me, I don't think he's going to be the one to sort of push us forward. And I, I just, I've got no, I've, I've lost a lot of confidence in him. Um, and I, I, you can't, you know, I know he's had a bad injury, but you can't keep bringing, that, bringing it up all the time. He, he's had a good, you know, he's had a good time to sort of recover. Listen, Players have broke the legs at Athens. You know, it was a bad injury, don't get me wrong. But, you know, Seamus Coleman broke his leg and he's, he's carrying on now and he's doing well. But I just think um, for all the central midfielders we've got, I don't, there's only the core and Allen I really trust. And Tom Davis, to a certain extent, Tom Davis has actually improved and is improving. But I do still think we could do with another midfielder in there. It's crazy to say it, but the others are just injury prone and, and not good enough and um, I just yeah I, I do think we could do with somebody in there like Do you agree with that Matt? Obviously you know I think some of this has, has possibly been caused by the band's unexpected injury but you know it's do you gamble and, and, and him coming back all right you know obviously we're not medical experts we don't know what the medical team are telling Carlo Ancelotti and Brands uh, but you know you'd like to think that probably need someone that can play maybe the six and the eight. You know, similar to Takura, you'd probably trust them in both. Alan's probably the same. Yeah, I think, you know, which uh, Mitch is spot on that, you know, Tom Davis has, has improved this season. And I think um, he's he's somebody who can, you know, he, you trust him to start a game, but you can also, you also bring him on. Um, Delph, I think, I think will go in the summer. Um, I think, I think Gomez, they'll they'll try and they'll try and move on. Um, I think if there's any willing buyers for them, then they'll go down the route of of just being loaned out, and we'll probably cover wages like we did with uh, like we did with Tosin and and like we did with with Balassi, just just to try and free up some from space on uh, from some space on on the wage bill. Um, potentially put them in a shop window. You know, somebody like you know, just talked about Gomez a little bit earlier and 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 the pace. Um, or the lack of, you know, he's he's going to be more suited to to a continental league, perhaps going back to Spain or or maybe even Italy. I think, you know, some somebody with his with his skill set um, and the pace of, of the game that he plays at will, will probably do well in Italy. Um, I think that you know we need we need athletes in midfield. You, you look at just going back to the Villa game. Um, 
you know, they, they didn't necessarily have, you know, big, strong midfielders, but they had midfielders with mobility and midfielders that were capable of, of running forward with the ball and, and the gaps that were being left because Alan was doing the job of three people. You know, they were just waltzing through the, the middle of the park and, you know, we, we need to have athletic players who were able to deal with things like that. And you know, we were hoping that Kabamin will come back. Apparently, he's, according to the Echo today, he's, he's going to be fit for pre-season training. Um, but as Mitch said, you, you, you don't know what condition he's, he's going to be in. You know, he was back fit and Luca Dean fell on, on his knee and, and he's, he's back out for another eight weeks. So, you know, you, you, you're trusting... You're putting your trust in, in, in the medical staff to get him back to a, a state of, of physical fitness where you know he's able to train the first team again. But you know you don't know when he goes into his first tackle if he's sadly if he's going to break again. So and then you're back to square one with with Alan and Decore. So I do think we need we need a player uh, with a bit of stature, with a bit of mobility, with a bit of pace, um, and probably who can play at, at six and eight. The curious one is, um, there's a few names being mentioned. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll start with, with yourself, Mitch. Who, who would you like to see in there? You know, if, you, if, if it was up to you, um, and, and Matt, after yourself, um, um, you know, to answer who, who you'd like to see. Uh, one that stands out for me, but I, I, I think everybody sort of getting onto him now is a consumer at Brighton. Um, he's one whose name got brought up a while ago. And, you know, whenever you get linked to the play, you sort of keep an eye on them, don't you, and, and sack them. And I mean, when we played them the other week, he just he was quality. And I, and I look at him, I just thought, you know what, he's a, he's a player, and he's exactly what we need in the field. Um, a little bit like a little bit like Garner Gay, but I think he, he seems to get forward a little bit more. Um, gets in the box and that. Um, I don't know what you'd pay for him. I think you'd pay big bucks now, wouldn't you? Because um, I think everybody saw that he's been that good. Everybody saw that getting on to him. Um, I don't know. Rabiot's name as um, keeps popping up, doesn't it? Um, I don't know, mate. I, I I think I, I just I just I know what type of play we need in there. Um, but it's all on sort of price and you can shift the others and stuff and. I just, I just know we need. I just believe we need more legs in midfield and um, more goals from midfield as well. If there's if there's one who can, can sort of get your goals as well. Um, but I, I'll be honest, Basuma is one is is one that really stands out to me. I think he's going to be a, a quality player. Him. And I can see, obviously, this is audio only for anyone that's listening. But we we actually record with a bit with a bit of visuals, and uh, I can see Matt. Is nodding intensely at the sound of the summer. Uh, you know what he reminds me of before you answer, Matt? He reminds yeah. me of someone that Liverpool would sign. Yes. Um, and, yeah. I, I, you know, uh, we don't like to give them too much credit because they've, you know, they've also had a few misses, but sometimes their recruitment's good and he does appear to be almost Wijnaldum like. I, I was literally just about to say if, if they were going to sign a carbon copy, but a younger version of Wijnaldum, yeah. it would be Basuma. Um, I just just touching on, on what Mitch said, and you, you made a brilliant point about the game we played a couple of weeks ago with them. And you know, he's I think in some games he's been you know seen as a more defensive midfielder, but against us, you know, he, he was actually dictating the play and he was carrying the ball to the edge of our box and he, he was linking play. 
Yeah, and if you go back to the game with Goodison, he scored a brilliant volley from yeah. um, from just outside the box. You know, and so he's he's obviously you know he's got a threat to him as well. Um, I, I think I think that there's an opportunity for us with uh, I, th- I think Fulham are going to go. Um, Frank Zambo and Guisa, um, you know, he was at he he was on loan at Villarreal um, last season um, when when Fulham were in in the Championship. Um, and obviously, if they go back down again now, I don't think he's going to stick around. So I think, you know, we're talking about somebody with stature and with a bit of pace and a bit of physicality. Then, you know, I, th- I think he's a good option. Uh, I think he's got two years left on his contract as well. So I, I don't think he would be, um, you know, outrageously expensive or or something that's you know going to hurt the budget. Um, I think uh, going back to Pazuma, I, I think, you know, you, you're starting at 35, 40 million for him. All day long, um, you know. I know they signed Caicedo, who's who's going to be a bit of a. He's probably going to be the replacement for him because I, I, I think they're probably resigned to to losing him. It's just just you know how, how much can they get for him? Um, how old is he? Now? I think he's twenty four now. I think he's twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you know, but the the biggest. I think the biggest area to exploit, I think, in the summer is going to be the French league because they're dying on their ass. There's no money there, and outside of, you know, PSG and and probably Monaco, you know, we've got a couple of quid. Then you know, Lyon have got a really good chance of being champions, and they're probably going to get asset stripped in the summer. You know, Bubakar um, Samari is going to be touted around. Um, mm-hmm. Zaki Chell, we're crying out for a right back, and they got Zaki Chalic, who's, who's who's a very very good right back. Um, you know, they've got Samari in, in, in midfield, um, who's probably again the same profile that we're looking for. But apparently, Leicester are, are, are well down the road um, of, of looking at getting him in. So, I think there's a few out there. Rabio as well. You know, I, I think I think he'd be suited to what we want, but um, I think he'd be very, very expensive, mm. if not a fee, but in wages. And I, I think we'd be paying for the privilege of having him at Everton. Mm. It's interesting what you say there, you know, pay, paying for the privilege is the words. And, you know, the, the, that's sometimes we've, we've got to consider that, you know, we don't want to be constantly buying players on, on massive wages that, that not necessarily are on assets. You know, no. Morgan Schneider might have been one of them that we consider that, you know, where we've kind of yeah. hooked him away from Manchester United's you know, give him about yeah. 120 grand and he's not really worth it. You know, he's not to say he's a bad player. Yeah. You know, maybe he just wasn't an Everton player. But, you know, we don't want to pay him through the nose, you know, unless the player is really going to be, you know, something of worth for us. Um, there, there's the there's a, quite, a really... Sorry, go on. The one I quite like, um, and, and this is a totally out-of-the-box shout, and it's not in a second or eight, so it's kind of contradicting what I've just said. But if, if we manage to move a few players on, uh, and we wanted someone maybe to just add to the squad as well because I think sometimes that's the problem when we lose, say for example, to Kure, we, you know, we haven't got anyone of this profile to to change. Uh, would be a Ruben Loft, Loftus Cheek, you know, and I, I don't think you know he's an Anguissa, don't think he's a Basuma. You you wouldn't, you know, you he's not in the same caliber as them. But maybe he's more a six, you know, more more of an eight and a ten. Um, but he can do the box to box. You know, he's had that bad injury. But I think he's had a good season for four. Next team manager, we said as well, it is a good player. Um, but I think he, you know, again, this this fella will be he won't be going for a lot of money from Chelsea. Chelsea tend to discard players, you know, they tend to, you know, once they're not part of the setup there. 
And some fans are, are, are kind of crowing after Barkley. That's that's gone for me. You know that you know I wouldn't be going down them lines. And I think Ruben Loftus Cheek is is ultimately what Ross Barkley wants to be. You know he's got more of an engine on him. He's a bit more cleverer, uh, and he you know he, he can kind of almost. I'm not saying he's a budget to Kure because that's a bit harsh, but you know I think he's got that 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 tank in him. But you know I think the two that you've mentioned mm. possibly are better, but definitely more pricey as well. I don't, think, um, I, I don't think it's a bad shout, Rich. I'll be honest with you. Um, listen, I'd prefer him in our, our team where, where he plays than the likes of the Wobie Bernard. He's, he, he's got, he'll get you goals. Um, he might not start every game. He might start one every three or one every four, whatever. But he's, a, he's, he's another one, big lad, big unit. Um I think if you could get him on the cheap, maybe. I, I don't think it's a bad shout, I'll be honest with you. Never thought of him. It's all about budgets, isn't it? You know, we, I, I don't, I'm not sat here knowing. Um, you know, I'm not, we've got our friends, uh, Paul Esk, who we speak to, and, and, you know, Roger and John, you know, they know more about the old finance world than me. But, you know, if it comes down to, to, to the fact that, you know, we need actually to get someone in there that, that they'll add something, and we maybe not have the big money, then then I don't think that Ruben Loftus-Cheek might not necessarily be you know, a bad option. Sometimes, we'll just go on to this soon, but you know, sometimes people frown you know, at, at some clubs letting go of players and us buying them. But it doesn't necessarily always work out, out like that. Um, you know, I certainly think that Chelsea don't fancy him, which because you know, he's, been, he's been out a few times at Palace, wasn't he? The, the, I think it was the season before last or... or or, uh, or the season before, and then he had an injury. So, you know, I, I don't think he's, he's he's in their plans quite a bit. And he's um, he's, he's a very neat and tidy footballer. He's very good on the ball. And I think as well, Chelsea have that many options in the fields and in an attacking sense that, like, it's, it's hard. But another one who can't even really break into the team at the minute, who I like is uh, Hudson Madoy. Oh. And he can't even sort of, he's not even anywhere near the team, is he? At the moment, I know he's a different type of player, right? Um, but uh, my point is that, like, for Loftus Cheek, is that uh, actually, I mean, he probably, let's be honest, he'd probably walk into our team at the minute. Absolutely. Oh, he's a ball carrier as well, though. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's exactly what we haven't got. Exactly what we haven't got. Yeah, yeah. There was um there, there was a really good discussion on um, on Radio Five on Monday night when she got past Chris Sutton's oh. ridiculous uh, yeah absolutely when she got past him and it was about um the type of players that their Everton have got and and the sort of the, the, the discussion followed along the lines of we shouldn't be we shouldn't try and be a stepping stone club mm. but we should be almost like a destination for players from other leagues where. They come to us as 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 a progressive club, and then yeah. to go to clubs like Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, yeah, Man United, you know, we, we Man City, places like that. But you know, we're, whilst we're whilst we're trying to get you know in yeah. into into those positions in the league, we're trying to get into the top four. But you know, we, there's an opportunity at our club, whether it's you know, Europa Conference or Europa League level, to come to us, make a name for yourselves, and you know, whether we got you for two or three years, but you'll get you know, a really good shop window with us, 
and then you can move on to you know the, the dream destinations and you know, it, it was it was a really good sort of 15 20 minutes and yeah. you know and, and just going back to um players who we can get in to make us better and and you look at somebody like um in midfield like someone like De- you know Dennis Zakaria who I think he's got a year left on his contract and he would be absolutely amazing for us mm. but when you look at the Bundesliga, you know you, you you get the pinnacle is going to be Bayern Munich, and they've got they've got rows and rows of midfielders. So you you're you're either going to go there and sit on the bench. You know you're probably not going to go to Leipzig. You're probably not going to go to Dortmund. So if you're looking at a Premier League club, then you know you're not going to go sit on a bench somewhere at Man United, Man City, Liverpool. You know, I, I don't think I don't think Spurs are going to be all that next year because I think once Harry Kane goes, I think that's the end of them. Generally, yeah. I think their 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 purple period started with with Gareth Bale, and I think it'll end at Harry Kane. So Arsenal, yeah. I think you know I, I don't think there's much there. So you know, there's a really there's a real opportunity for us to get players in and and market ourselves as that club who are going to get you to your ultimate destination. You know, yeah. Just his face didn't fit really, but he, he's got that top level ability. Also, club wise, Borussia yeah. Dortmund, um, you know, another club that, that maybe like you look at Haaland's. Haaland's mm-hmm. could have went to a better club and actually chose to go to yeah. Dortmund because, it, you know, I think yeah. he ended up with, you know, agreeing a minimum release fee next year. But they've got Haaland for potentially a year. They're going to make big yeah. profits or they're going to keep him for two years and make profits either way. But I get where you go, you know, and, and it's not necessarily saying that because I know people listen to us and say we shouldn't be a stepping stone, but people are stuck in the past. You don't get players that stay at clubs for 10, 20, you know, the whole careers now. You just don't get that, you know, unless you're a Tony Ibbis and there's no, there's no, yeah, to Tony Ibbis because uh, he was a cracking club player. But, you know, yeah. you've, got, you've got to think of the bigger picture and, and being that Dortmund type club, you've got to be, which you've got to be realistic. Yeah, we, we, you would see where we are. You know, we're we're a challenger club. At, at the end of the day, you know, we we finished twelfth last season. We're we're likely to finish somewhere between sixth and eighth this season. Yeah, you know, where the the example that they used was was Leon Bailey, and you know, he's probably going to have aspirations with, with what you respect to us higher than Everton. But if you if he's he's got an he's got an agent, he's hired an agent to get him into the Premier League. You know. You, you come to us, we'll sign you for you know, 25, 30 million pounds and we'll make you into a 70, 80 million pound player to go to mm-hmm. somewhere like Manchester United or to go back onto the continent or something like that. But, you know, come and showcase your talent at Everton. Yeah. Don't sit on a bench somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, what, what, what's the point? You know, you're, you're a young player. You know, you're, I think he's 20, I think he's 21, 22. You know, don't, don't waste your, you know, your really good progressive years of your career sat on a bench somewhere. Come and play. Come and play somewhere that's competitive. Come and play somewhere where you know the fans are going to love you. And if he takes us to another level, 
then you know what a great move. If 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 the move doesn't work, you're still young enough to go and have a have a great career somewhere else. But you know we we really need to put ourselves in the in the position where we're we're attractive to these type of players. You know, let's face it, we can pay the wages, and you've got a manager. You know, you've got a manager in, in Ancelotti who, you know, as, as we said earlier, you know, he, he's the massive draw. You know, there's no way Allen uh, comes to Everton without without Carlo. There's no way James Rodriguez comes to comes to Everton without without Carlo. So, you know, we he's he's an aspirational manager. He's a manager that players want to play for, just, and that just, that puts us. The switch and what you've said there, um, the players that, that that make the wrong move. You know, you look at Scott Sinclair. You know, the, the ultimate mm-hmm. his career is You look at. Yeah. Okay, yeah. who's gone to City yeah. and all of a sudden's in a position now where I read the other day that he's looking maybe to go out. You know, these are players that that, that potentially, you know, would above the level they were, uh, tried to jump too soon to, 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 you know, what we considered. I'm not, well, a treacherous six club, I'm going to call them, because they're not necessarily <laughs> the top six anymore because it doesn't work out like that. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm refusing to call them that. But I get what you're saying, you know, and where we need to be, you know, we've got the Bramley Moore and, the visions of Ancelotti, and if there's there's a lot to be said about getting maybe a Lucas Dean in. But Lucas Dean probably came here first, and, and let's be honest with you, you know, he thought you know it's a club with a lot of ambition, and Brands was involved in that. It's probably changed for him because all of a sudden he's got Ancelotti in charge. And he thought actually this is probably more than that. I recognise now there's a stadium happening, and he thinks actually you know what I might actually stay here. I've been to a couple of you know a couple of these other clubs and not really worked out for me. I've got this brand new stadium turning up, Everton with all the history, and obviously the, the fans when they get back into the grounds, you know, and, and all of a sudden you might get players that really want to stay here but love the club and understand the club, um, and it's part of us selling our brands, you know, which is important as well, um, and, and, you know, and, and it is it's a bigger it's a bigger picture. Um, but one thing I'm going to put to you. This is quite often this this kind of attitude that we don't want, you know, we don't want cast offs, you know, we don't want you know players that have left other clubs. Uh, but you know, I'm gonna just just name a few, you know, and, and some of these are totally different. So most of look at Kevin De Bruyne, everyone will see. But this is the highlight that Chelsea sometimes let a few gems go. You know, sometimes you know, you you look at Lancy there. You know, that's gone to Brighton, he's doing really well. I, I don't advocate Everton go chasing after Lamptey, but you know, he's a good player, he's a good Premier League player, they've let him go for next to nothing. Uh, Gareth Barry, James, you know, that we, we know personally, you know, I'm sure if he was linked to us today and he was leaving City, he'd have fans saying that he was past it and while we were buying their cast offs. James Milner, again, you know, I had to argue that he's been one of Liverpool's best players in their run. And if you look at it's uh, Luis Suarez. Uh, again, you know, a player that's Barcelona just decided he let go. The fellas, it's, you know, the fellas 34. He's at 19 goals. And Atletico Madrid is top of the league. You know, it almost reminds me of when, when uh, Chelsea allowed Lampard to go to City because they thought Lampard was getting too old and they got him off on that contract. And he ends up in the league at City. There's some value in some of these players sometimes. And I, I, I read the other day and there were some fans complaining uh, about uh, Aguero being linked. Aguero's two years younger than, than, than Suarez and I know he hasn't had the injury worries and, and all that kind of stuff. But I wonder sometimes, is there some, you know, I'm not saying every player, but that hybrid approach to recruitment because we have, you know, because we, the majority of players under 25, but maybe we just buy one or two 
that, you know, we're taking a bit of a gamble. I know me, me and you, Mitch, started last year at the campaign to get Cavani and Thiago Silva. And we were told off online, you know, for, for, for daring to say that we wanted Thiago Silva. Too slow for the Premier League, not good enough, Cavani. Yeah. Hold off and argue. Yeah. So, you know, look, look at them now. Thiago Silva's in Champions League final. You know, Cavani, if you look at the players we've had, that, that, you know, that have made an impact from the bench, Cavani potentially knocked us out the cup. So it's like, you know, do, do we sometimes yeah. jump on stuff and narratives? Yeah, yeah my, my, th- my thing, which is um, you can still have a long-term vision, right, where you're still signing your young lads, yeah. But I just think to get there, you do need these little little signs along the way. I, I, we, we've, we've said this so many times. We have, we've had this argument on our group so many times that, like, listen, we're not saying, like, it's, it's going it's long-term. Can I look at his last Annie Bohemovic for United? I mean, was he top scorer? He's about 37 or something like that. I mean, I just think sometimes you just need that. Two players there that you mentioned that mean you were, were pushing in the uh, last summer was Cavani and, and Thiago Silva. When they got linked, we were like, you know what? Both of them are on a free. All right, we, we get the wages down. So I get the wages down. Like, but just short term, just to help, help us along, you know, just to help us along. Um, Everybody always goes back to like Samuel Eto'o with us and stuff like that. And all right, it didn't work out. But how happy were the fans when he was there? You know, everyone was buzzing like, oh, now we've got Eto'o here, the song about him, scoring two away at Burnley and stuff like that. And I just think sometimes maybe just for a year or two, just to help you along the way, you can still get your Ben Godfrey's. You know, you can still look long term. Um, but I just think personally, I just think. There's, there's certain players there that Aguero will be great. Listen, I don't think that I don't think it'll happen, but I would look. I just think Aguero will be great for us. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. That there's players. I see what you're saying. Like where you've got to sort of sometimes go. All right, it might not be what we're trying to do, but just to help us, it might get us there long term. What about you, Matt? What What, what are your thoughts on that process? Um, I, I think as as long as the the, the player is going to add value, then you know you 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 you're potentially mitigating the risk, aren't you? You know, some you look at you know Cavani and how many goals he scored this season. He scored again tonight, um, but it was as Mitch said. You know, he's he pretty pretty much put us out of the League Cup, and you know he he scores the the opening goal um, at the old you know, game at Old Trafford. He, Scored against us at Goodison, so he scored four past us this season. You know, his, his movement, you, you can't, his movement is instinctive, and we have got, I haven't got anything like that up front. You know, he's he's the type of player who just sits on, on the last defender's shoulder and he's he's clever enough to take three or four players with him and create space. You know, he's, I think he's, he's 33, 34. Um, if we were able to get Giroud in the summer, I'd bite your hand off and he's going to be 34. You know, Aguero's two years younger than him. And Aguero is one of the best goal scorers the Premier League's ever seen. You know, you, you're not signing him to run around and run down channels and chase defenders down. You, you're, you're signing him to score goals, so you position him in in the box. You know, that's that's exactly where where somebody like he's going to be. And you know, 32, he, he's looked after himself. He, he's had a couple of injuries, but you know, you, 
for, for an instinctive goal scorer, somebody like him would, would, would be brilliant. But, um, you know, our, 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 our history over the last 30 odd years has, has been littered with players who've come in at, at, at a bit of an older age and, and made, you know, massive impacts for us, going back all the way to Peter Reid and, and Andy Gray, you know, and you mentioned Gareth Barry. Um, you know, Richard Goff, as, as which, yeah, I mean, what a player he was. But you, you, you look at, you look at, you know, there, there are examples where you know it hasn't worked. You know, David Ginola and 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 Paul Gascoigne and, and things like that. But you know, that was, that was a different time for the club. Now, where we're buying players from a different pool, you know, and and you're right, you, we can pick up your you Ben Godfrey's and. You know whether we get Max Aaron's at right back in in the summer is you know you you're bringing down the average age of the team with something like that. But if you can get two or three of them in and and one experienced player, then I don't think you're doing any damage. And and, and as long as that player can bring value to the team and can add add on top of what you've got, then you know I, I don't I don't think it's an issue. You could only point to James Rodriguez this season, yeah, and and I, I... seeing the impact that he's had. Yeah, totally agree, Matt. And the other thing is helping the younger lads. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, imagine the, the stuff Calvert-Lewin would learn from Aguero. Yeah. yeah. You know, and just these little things, you know, little tricks. Um, he, he can help develop players in a way. Well, I mean, the type of player that the Calvert-Lewin is, you know, he, he should look at somebody like, like Cavani and the coaching staff should be saying, just do what he does. Because that you know they're, they're a similar stature, um, you know they're a similar build, and you know, Carver Lewin for for all his strengths hasn't got the I don't think he's got the instinctive capabilities that Cavani's got. He hasn't got the movement that Cavani's got. He's probably just as good as him in the air, if not better. Yeah. But well, not yet. The bit we, you know, the, we'll see. The bit, yeah, no. absolutely. But the, the bit you you would say that. You criticise Calvert-Lewin to a certain degree. I don't know it's difficult with 20 goals this season, but, you know, if he's got to think about a finish, that's when yeah. he probably lacks the quality. Okay. Whereas somebody like Aguero is stone cold. You know, he's an absolute killer in front of goal. But somebody like Cavani, all right, he may miss two or three, but he'll he'll get he'll get one or two. So, This yeah. is a question... You know, you read my uh, my kind of script here that I'm kind of reading off here, Matt, because it's uh, <laughs> clever nicely to say, do, do we have patience with young players and do we understand development at times? And, you know, this kind of, you know, I, I know what Mitch was, was, was desperate to come in there and I know what he's going to say, but, you know, there's players that, that haven't been top players at 19, 20. There's obviously the Mbappes, there's the exceptions to the rule. There's Wayne Rooney's, but there's players like the James Vardy's, the Lallana's, you know, the, the players that flourished later on, the Ian Wrights that maybe were in the conference, Les Fairbanks. Um, you know, so Mitch, I'll start with you. Um, do we have patience with young players? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so go on, expand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think we do, mate. For, for some reason, I mean, you know, we, we go on about like bringing young lads through and stuff. And and when we do, I, I don't know, we, we seem to target them for some reason. We seem to target the younger lads. And um, 
we, we've seen a lot of, of a lot of players who, who burst on the scene and it's not worked out. I mean, Danny Kadamatsi, Michael Branch, James Vaughan, um, players like that that burst on the scene but didn't really, you know, develop. You've seen players that have been slow burners. Lads that you've mentioned there that didn't even play for us, you know, uh, the likes of Vardy and players like that. But I just think we've got a striker here at the minute that has sort of come through at a young age, been signed at a young age, if you like. And he's he's at 20 goals this season, right? He's broke his goal tally every season he's played. He's broken to the England squad and scored goals for England. He's going to probably get our player of the year and our top scorer but it's still not enough for some people. Um, why he gets targeted, I don't know. Um, I think we've got a, a top striker on our hands, I really do. I think he's getting better and better. Um, so, to answer your question, <laughs> um, I think, I, I just think we like a moan. Well, not us, but certain fans like a moan, don't they? Uh, and about anything, I, I, I can't. I, I, I'm gonna need to be back now, but I, I, I can't help but remember back in people got like short memories. And I remember when people were saying that Lukaku's first touch wasn't good enough, you know, he always scored the, the fair goal with a 3 1 win. Uh, you know, he, 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 all this kind of stuff, he can't more than those against uh, um, there, there was a lot of narratives that got pushed around Lukaku. And, we look back now and there's a lot of people coming after him saying, I'd, I'd love Lukaku, as we all should do, because he's a top striker. But do you think sometimes we, we, we don't give that breathing room for development and we always put that kind of pressure on players to, to be the instant hit? And do you think it's a bit of Wayne Rooneyism? I'm going to use this phrase, Wayne Rooneyism. So do you think sometimes, because they're not Wayne Rooney, then we're not interested in it. Leon Austin's a good, he never really had his younger ages. I think he got his first England debut at 31. I think when we were on up the other day, but it was a player that really was was a top effort player. You know, you look at what he, he had to set in Europe and the goals he scores. Um, but that was his, his later his later twenties. Um, and do you think we put too much pressure too soon? Um, I do. I, th- I think there's there's two reasons for it. Really, is that I think our as as a as a club um, and as as a supporter base, I think our expectations versus reality of where the club is um, doesn't help those players. And I think our expectation on those players to, um, we think that they should want it more or they should have certain levels of, of passion and desire more than other players because they're local, because they're Evertonians. And I think that sometimes plays as a disadvantage. Um, but the first bit I, I said about, I made about, um, about us and, and where we are as, as, a, as, a, as a side, I think, you know, Tom Davis, I don't believe is, is a top six player. I think he's a very good player, but I don't think he starts at, at, a, at a top six club. Yet we're expecting him to come in and fill one of the most important positions on the pitch for us in a key position and be 
you know, eight, eight or nine out of 10 every game. And we've, we've seen it with, you know, Anthony Gordon. We'd be crying out for Gordon to, to start. He has a couple of games. He doesn't do very well. And then all of a sudden it's, well, why are we starting him for? You know, he, he's not ready or he just needs a loan. Um, I, I, I think, you know, we, we've been so lucky with, with players like Rooney, um, players like Barkley, who've come in and they've made an impact on the team, an instant impact on the team. And they've, they've pushed the performances of the team. And even going back to, you know, to, to Michael Ball, he came in at such a young age and he, he was a fantastic left back for us. Um, you know, and sadly we had to sell him on, but, you know, we, we, we've seen it, we've, we've seen it and we've seen the opposite side of it as well, where we get so much expectation, like Mitch says, with, with players like James Vaughan and, and Danny Kadamatri, they come in, you see a flash of something that we haven't seen for a while or something different. And all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're the next best thing. And then in the next game, they don't do well. And then everyone's on a downer. Why can't you do this? Why didn't you do that like you did in the, in the last game? So I think when, when this current squad has transitioned out of the players who we need to get rid of, and we're able to bring in players who are suitable for where we need to go and how we need to play, I do think that the younger players will get a much more suitable and stable grace period. And I think the pressures won't be on them. I think whilst we're trying to go from 12th place to 6th place or higher, then I think anybody who comes in is going to be instantly under pressure. And if they don't perform, then we'll just lose faith in them, I think. Interesting. What I agree. What you said there, Matt. I think uh, you know. <clears throat> sometimes you know, being a Phil Foden, who for me is one of the best players in world football at the moment. But being him, there's difference to being Tom Davies. You know, Phil Foden is a, a team that has won the league, and and you know he's, he can dip in, dip out, and they haven't loaned him out. You know, the the, the expression for Evertonians is loan him out to Stockport or loan him out to Preston. You know, let him prove himself and all this kind of stuff. And and to be fair, I think there was. A, Ollie Holt or a couple of couple of the usuals were, were put pressure on on City to to, to loan um to loan um out to the Indians. I'm just getting the getting the first team and understand it. But you look at how he's put on now. Sometimes loan plays on isn't always you know the, the way forward. If you look at you know Foden's first team appearances and Tom Davies, uh, they're not too too dissimilar. But is there a, a thing to be said? Sometimes it's good to keep them around the first team, not necessarily putting too much pressure, starting them all the time, but maybe taking Pep Guardiola's approach of, of where they're not. I think it's been evident and sure for Tom Davies should have played. The amount of games he's had to play better is because of our sure falls. You know, we should have really had like two or three really good midfielders, and then Tom just comes in occasionally and, you know, at his age and, and backs them up and fills in. Like he has been doing this this, this season. Um, do you think sometimes it's too pressure because of our own bad I think I think the thing is, Rich, as well, is that like not every player has to have a loan to move out. I mean, some players might benefit from being at home in Liverpool, in the hometown, with the mates, with the family, rather than being away from them all and playing at a club that you don't really want to play for. Um. So, it, there's all there's all that type of stuff. I mean, 
every player is different. Some players you look at and you go, do you know what? You do need a long period. You do need to go out and play football and, and learn. But Tom Davis has been around the first team since he was 17. So if they had that much confidence put him, putting him in as a 17-year-old, then... And he, and, he, and he played a lot of games since. Why, why, why did he need a long period? You know, and, and like I say, I mean, I just think every player is different. Uh, you look at some players and they do need to sort of go out and learn and, and um, develop. I mean, there's a lad at the minute, Ellis Sims, for us, and which, which me and you've watched a lot of Blackpool games, funny enough, this season, haven't we? Um, and watched him, and, and I think the first couple of games he played, he, he looked like a kid, he looked like he was getting bullied by centre-halves and that. And the last game I watched him, he was like, a, he was a beast. He scored two. And not even that, it was his all-around play, you know. And you can see, he looked like he he, he looked like he's benefited from the long period. Um, so I just think every player is different, you know. Certain players benefit from loan, certain players don't. I think you're right there, Mitch. It's, it's got to be a holistic approach to use a corporate words to how we, we, we play this. And, um, you know, Ellis Sims is a prime example. You know, he, he looked like a player who could finish. And then the big question mark was about could he hold the ball? Could he be this all round player? Could he, could he, you know, can he become this kind of complete striker rather than just having the ball in the net? And a lot of the people I speak to, I've got two good friends who are Blackpool fans in season, well, where season ticket holders until the issues happens. Um, you know, the, I, I ultimately end up watching all of their games. Uh, say that his hold up play was actually the best part of his game, and it's now that he started adding the finishing. And, and you know, that that to me sounds good. You know, I, I had kind of written Ellis Sims off first, and then I, I'm now thinking to myself, God, you know, I, I'm actually the people I criticize, I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> so, we, I think maybe a championship road next season again, you know. And, I agree with what you're saying there. He looked like a boy when he first joined. He's probably not proven any size, but he's proven in confidence. And all of a sudden, he looks different. His stature, yeah. the way he holds himself on the pitch, the centre-arse almost looks scared of him. And he didn't have that at first, and and, and, and that road move has helped him. So I think the holistic view, I'm going to use, not normally I can say this after a couple of glasses of wine, but we're going to use one of them phrases anyway. Um, so we're just looking to, to, to like pre-season. Obviously, we all will have our views on pre-season uh, about what we should do the next season. We'll do the we'll do that again. But I'll start with you, Matt. Pre-season, what did you want to see out of Everton FC? And this is before all you know. Um, sorry, no, no. So I'm talking about pre-season coming or pre-season. No, no, no. Last season, you're in pre-season. You look at the heads. Carlo Ancelotti's in charge. It's his first yeah. season in charge, and you're thinking, right. What do I want Everton to achieve next season, which is the season that we're in? Um, I would want, uh, I wanted us to be um, minimum top half, coming in from from twelfth. Um, I, I would like, I, I would have wanted us to qualify for for Europe some way, um, Europa League or or via via a cup, but. Um, I think you know, we weren't coming in from a from a position of strength, and the the signings that that he made, um, you know, have have had a, a brilliant impact on us, um, and they were always going to because they were quality players. But you know, the the underlying issues that we had is that he only added, you know, four first team players 
to a squad of, of, of 25. So 21 were still of the issues that were there for the for the previous two or three managers. So, you know, I, I was hoping for an outside chance of, of, of European football, of which we still got an opportunity um, to, you know, to do. And truthfully, in August, if you would have said with five games to go, you still got a chance of Europe, I would have bitten your hand off. I wouldn't have cared how we got there. I wouldn't have cared how we played. Um, it would just would have been so much more fundamental progress than where we finished the previous season. And that, you know, I would have, I would have taken that all, all day long. You know, the, the fact that our home form has been, has been abysmal um, and our away form has been so good. I think if we would have won five more home games um, and lost five away games to balance it, I don't think, you know, we'd, we'd have half of the, the, the conversations that people are having now. That's what you've said there, because, and this this is basically why I'm going for this, because I'm glad that we've ended a lot of the hoodoos we've had here in the way against Spurs, Arsenal, obviously a lot against the park, that I'm not going to mention. Uh, but they're all good things, but they're actually still there or thereabouts, I think, to where we expect it to be. Um, you know, the, the kind of confusion to the fact that, that maybe we start off so well that people expect us to do even better. Uh, but, you know, the bottom half squad, in my opinion, when we And people have seen saying that actually it's our biggest chance ever, or, you know, and all this kind of stuff. We've got two champions, you know, we've got two teams in the Champions League final. I don't know what the results are at the moment, but we've essentially got one in the Europa League. You know, there's another, there's another one challenging, that might be able to update us. You know, the, the Basically, three or four England teams in all the European finals. It's a strong league, no matter what people say. And we're there or thereabouts. It's not going to happen overnight. Even, uh, you know, Master Klopp, he took a few years to, to get a, a team that, apart from Gerard Smith, you know, to, to actually get to a stage where he won a trophy. Uh, but if you look at some of these, I'm just going to give you a few highlights. Mitch, I'm going to come back to you on this. Um, Liverpool FC... 45 points down from where they finished last season. And if anyone wants to like slightly misquote me on these, it was a bit of a quick run through. Sheffield United, obviously, one off season, 37 points. Wolves, 17 points. A lot of Evertonians last season said we should be more like Wolves. And we should, you know, Wolves recruitment is brilliant and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Saints, 15 points. Arsenal, seven. And Palace, five. So when you look at it in the bigger picture, we're not too far away from where we should be, despite all of our injuries. And actual fact, there's other clubs actually that have dropped off massively because of the, the situation being in. So Mitch, I'm going to say to you, do you think it's that bad? Or do you think it's like actually a collective issue over the board and we're actually improving? Because we're currently plus three and five games to go. Yeah, I think, like I say, you've always got to be realistic. Um, at the end of the day, He's what a, a, a what half, a season and a half into his job, a one and a half seasons. You, you know, without a pre-season, without with all this shit that's gone on, um, with during the pandemic and stuff, um, he, he's not doing a bad job. He's doing he, he's doing okay. Um, it's just it's frustrating. I think I think we get a little bit like excited when. We started the season off so well, 
it was like unbelievable going to Tottenham away and then hitting five and fours and threes and you know unbeaten in your first eight and nine games whatever it was and maybe we just got a little bit excited maybe we just were like canel like just just chill for a little minute and um I just think you I, I I'm glad that we've got Carlo here right I think long term. He said it himself, he'd like to stay beyond his contract to see us into Bramley Moore, which is music to my ears. Um, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. We, 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 were re- we were speaking on the group earlier, reeling off like players. We, we said, uh, what, what did we say? We were probably, there's less players you keep than there is you'd sell. And that says it all. He's got a massive, massive job. He's got a... Like we've still gotta get rid of so much shite and get some quality into the, the team and um yeah, I, I just think I, I just you know, like like Matt says they at the target the at the start of the season you wanted to improve, right? It's like it's like DCL, you know, he's improving his goal scoring record each season. If Everton can keep improving their league position, then you're heading the right way. Um, so, yeah, that's my thing. Quite right. It's, it's not realism, isn't it? You know, I think uh, Carlo's very much a pragmatist. You know, people try and say, what's the style and, and all this kind of stuff. But Carlo will learn. He's not one of these kinds of like dinosaur managers who just only play one way. If you look at his history, he's actually adapted, you know, to the players he's got. We've actually, I seen someone put up the other day. Um, we, we, we've, we've stuck with our club when they finished 17th and when they, they've avoided the relegation on the last day. So, you know, I'm sure we can stick with them when they're, when they're finishing eighth and they're trying to get somewhere, do you know what I mean? And, and Shalotti signed a, you know, a four and a half year contract because mm. it was a big job. And you know there was a lot of work to do. He didn't sign an eighteen-month contract to see how it went. Yeah, you know, with, with with what we had, there was it was a huge job to do. It's taken Marcel Brands the best part of three years to to sort you know to sort out the mess that we were in um, in terms of the actual size of the playing squad and, and the wage bill. And you know there'll, there'll there'll be a lot of transition again in the summer. You know you're likely to see probably six to eight players out. And probably three or four in, but the three or four in are going to be players who are going to walk into our first team more than likely. And the six to eight that are going to be going are players who are, you know, who are more than surplus to requirements. Players that aren't even at the club at the moment. So yeah. you know, it was it was it was never going to be a short term, you know, a short term fix. It was always going to be long term. But you know, we are, I think. I think we're so desperate. Let's have it right. We're so desperate to win something. We're so desperate to have something to shout about. That you know, we we lose patience and we we lose sight of the fact that you know, with five games to go, we still got a chance again to Europe. You know, yeah. five games to go last season, we were all just head in our hands. You know, walking, watching them, you lose at Spurs, completely demoralised, getting absolutely murdered at Wolves. With a manager having to come out and apologise, with Seamus Coleman having to come out and say we can't hide behind the manager anymore, you know they mm-hmm. they 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 outed themselves as being, you know, not, 
not 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 showing the levels of commitment that they need to. And you can't change that overnight. Mm. You're right there, Matt. And you know, it's it, it's about realism, isn't it? You know, people sometimes people get really angry. You've got like people who like play FIFA, and it's like this FIFA age of like you can just sell him and buy him, and all. And it's not realistic. Sometimes you know, players that we don't necessarily rate, you've got to keep hold of the interim. It's not that Carlo rates them, it's just the fact that he understands the fact that actually there's no bias for them, and so we need to get the best out of them while we've got them. Um, and we all know that... that, that player, we, we all know that that player might need to be upgraded, but we can't just do it all overnight. It's got to be... It's got to be, And that's why continuity is important. You know, you look at David Moyes' team, and I, I wouldn't have David Moyes as a manager now. You know, I think David Moyes has got his, his ceiling. Uh, I know Matt feels strongly about this one, um, but you know I think he, he's a very you know a very good manager. Yeah, I'll never deny that, but I think he's got a ceiling, you know. And, and sometimes he actually he cements that by 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 you know the, the fact that he, he actually blames everyone else apart from himself by not getting that. But I think that it's you know a certain certain time we can't get rid of twenty five players and just buy twenty five new players. And I'm sure that if you ask Carlo now how many of these players you actually want in three four years time. I reckon he put a handful of them. I'd be surprised if he wanted to tell him. Um, and there's obviously the pathway stuff that's going on. You know, there's, there's a lot more 16, 17, 18-year-olds being involved in the 23s, which has been the issue. You know, the Conor McAlaney's, the Matthew Penningtons, Umar Nias, fantastic fella, but yeah, he shouldn't be involved in the 23s, but he has been. But, you know, there's big changes going on behind the scenes, and it is patience, and I know that, in actual fact, it's not good enough that we haven't won a trophy for so long, and no one's actually saying that it's not. We all live by the same motto, NSNO. You know, and people like to throw it in people's faces to try and show, you know, you're not a proper fan because you don't think that we should be winning the Premier League next year. But it's not that. It's because that we're applying a bit of patience to this, and we actually realise we've got maybe got a manager that can deliver that. And the, yeah, long term, you know, we're on the right path. So I'm going to throw it over to you guys. What what are you, what, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know if it's gone mute there or it's just there. Sorry, it went, the, the sound went off there with me. It, it last bit. Oh, geez, the old technical faults. It just appears to be some issues here. But uh, I was saying, it's about patience, isn't it? It's about realising the longer term goals. You know, Carlo Ancelotti, he, he, it, you know, he is the, the living, breathing version of Neil Satterley's absolute. You know, the fella is one thing all his career. He's not here, but for the retirement package. You know, so things are changing, things are improving. And what yeah. are your thoughts on that matter? Yeah, I think I think the thing for me, like, it's like uh, going back to talking about Davy Moyes there. I mean, you know, the fellow and as good as a job as he done, right? He went eleven years or whatever it was. He was at us without winning anything, right? And not having a pop at him, but. You see certain people going on about him now and going, like, Davey Moyes this, Davey Moyes that, I've had Davey Moyes back. Like, some of our managers haven't even had, like, a season or or two seasons to sort of develop. And, you know, people having to go... I've seen certain people having to go with Ancelotti. It's like, fucking hell, mate. I mean, you just put up with Davey Moyes for how long? You know, just... Just fucking chill. Like, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm made up we've got him. 
Ancelotti. I, I'm, I'm surprised we've got him. To be honest, I don't know what the hell he's doing here. You know, he, he could he could go off into the sunset, managing whoever he, whoever he wants. But he's here. He's committed. He's he can see a big, you know, a long term thing here. Big bigger picture, big project. Um, and yeah, it, it's frustrating at times. It is frustrating at times. But just give him a few a few years where a few windows where he gets his own players in, and let him do his thing. <laughs> you know, he's won trophies wherever he's been, and. Like you say, even this season, no matter what goes on now in the next five games, we'll we'll probably have improved our league position, which well we will, we will have. So you know, just give him give him a little. I, I don't I get very frustrated when I see people like so that having a go at him and 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 stuff like that. It's he's been there a season and a half. He's had no preseason. He's had this whole pandemic to deal with. Um, and he still managed to produce some great results. You know, beating the shite, you know, beating Tottenham, beating Arsenal, beating Leicester away from home. All right, you know, the home form's not been great, but I, I do believe that if we were there, there's certain games there that we would have won. I think Aston Villa last week we would have won if we were there. Um, so it's interesting what he's happened to you now, Matt. Um, he, he targeted 20 wins. So we said, no matter, you know, home away, 20 wins. We were on six, 16 or 15, I think we're on. Um, and he, he said the other day, we need another four uh, out of six. Obviously, that, that's what we're building now. So it's another four out of five to get us to 19, I think it was. But we're, we're not that far away from where we actually projected the target. Uh, and I know it's frustrating for many people. Uh, and I get that. If Takuna was, was was there, we didn't get that injury. And, and it's all like, you know, could have some was offs and should offs. But this is the thing that we need to look at the summer. You know, we need to get the, the players behind the Takuna's to, to, to replicate that. But in actual fact, we're not that far away. And are people some, sometimes overreacting a bit? Because long term, I think we're in a good position. Um, I, I absolutely think we are. And, you know, we, we've got. We've got more points than we had last season with five games to go. Um, we've got a positive goal difference where this time last season we were probably minus minus 14, minus 15. Um, we've, we, we're, we're performing well above the, the capabilities of our squad in, in, in its entirety. Um, you know, we, we do have some players who, you know, who, who have really come through this year. You know, it's just the hammers we talked about earlier. Um, you know, Mitch talked about about DCL earlier. You know, Richarlison's fallen off a cliff, and we've managed to get where we are. You know, with him having a having a really bad season. You know, Ben Godfrey's come through. You know, he's he's done well. Luca Dean's you know been you know been been relatively good this season. But you know, once once those players are out, and we've missed all of those players this season, the drop off is incredible. We've got nobody who can come in at that level and take their places. Which is why you know it's so important that you know people understand that and, and until we start transitioning these people out, these players out who aren't fit for purpose, then you know what we're doing at the moment is we're overachieving. We we really really are because you know take Decore and, and Allen out of the midfield, then you know you're you're looking at a, a 14, 14, 15, 16th place midfield. 
and you know to be where we are now i i i wouldn't i wouldn't bet or i would bet that at the start of the season if you offered every, any evertonian where we are now with five games ago they would have taken it all day long you know don't don't ask don't ask how we're going to get there it doesn't matter but you've got five games to go you're on the cusp of europe are you taking it or not and i think everybody would say yes it's interesting is it because because people quite clearly say you know the form game at home or they say the, the the newcastle game but they don't mention you know anfield away or you know arsenal away yeah. that, that kind of stuff and, and it, it's you know we can all pick and choose but it has been a season of exceptional circumstances I'm sure yeah. that, you know, and there's an argument to be had that some of these places, if, if the fans were there, who knows? But, you know, I think it's a good thing, a mentality thing, that they've actually won there. And next season, when they go over there with the fans, it's, you know, it's kind of prerequisite to actually have, have another go. Um, so I'm not going to go on too much longer. Um, and I'm sure that most of you, you know, this this podcast is going to, we can speak for about four hours as well. Um but the one thing I'm going to say is that um, I'm actually made up that Sam Allardyce, um, Counter Monty Bristow, is likely to go down um, and his relegation record is nil and void. Um, so I'm hoping that that will then make sure that he doesn't speak about it anymore, uh, which, which should be good. Um, the other thing I'm going to say, the Super League, I said this on, on the podcast the other day with, with the fans forum, um, but anyone that does not, I mean, I always suffer with mental health and depression and anxiety and all that stuff. So that's probably why I've been less active on Twitter. But um, it's important that we get active. It's important that people keep the momentum up. It's important that no matter who you support and what colour shirt that they, they actually wear, that, that, that we're all behind each other. You know, we need we, we need to make sure that this kind of thing can never happen again. Football's about communities, football's about the cities they represent some football about institution. And for these treacherous six in this country and more outside, we should never be allowed to do what they try to do. And we need to be united. We need to stop arguing. We need to stop dividing. And we need to actually all come together. So if you listen to this podcast now, we'd encourage you to feed into processes, whether it's the fans forum, whether it's the, the football supporters association. You need to get involved. You need to show your outrage. You need to show that actually the, the fans' voices matter. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, it, we all do things in our own way, but Manchester United fans turns up passionately. There's some of that got out of control. I agree with that. But they actually show their right to protest and the ones that were doing that peacefully, it's right. So listen to it. People can't take this game away from us and the bobblers are fully behind that. Stop the abuse online. And also, don't let people do what they try to do to our game, because it's not nice, but it'll never happen. Searching every corner of my mind Looking for the answers I can't find I 
I had my reasons and life has its lessons I try to be grateful and count all my blessings Heavy is the head that wears the crown Amen in Jesus' name, yes I declare it Any little seed I receive, I for share it Brothers wanna break me down, I can't bear it But heavy is the head with the crown, I still wear it You can't hold me down, I still hope Rain falling down at the bricks, I'm still soaked Try to put a hole in our ship, we'll pull boats Two birds with one stone, I kill both Pray I never lose and pray I never hit the shelf Promise if I do that, you'll be checking on my health If it's for my people, I do anything to help If I do it out of love, it's not to benefit myself Ooh, gotta stay around and make a comeback too I know my only mother wants a son back too they're saying I'm the voice of the young black youth And then I say yeah cool and then I bum my zoo And now I'm Searching every corner of my mind Searching for the answers Looking for the answers I can't find No, I can't find them No silver lining I have my reasons and life has its lessons I try to be grateful and Count all my blessings Amen in Jesus' name, oh yes I claim it Any little bread that I make, I for break it Brothers wanna break me down, I can't take it I done a scholarship for the kids, they said it's racist That's not anti-white, it's pro-black Hang me out to dry, I won't crack All these fancy ties and gold blacks Never had no silver spoons on our mouths, we sold like Don't comment on my coach, you ain't qualified Stab us in the back and then apologise if you knew my story, you'll be horrified The irony of trapping on a Boris bike Gotta stay alive and save my brother as well Look at all these legends on the cover of hell Long time coming, but we come to prevail I guess a little bit of heaven, that's the come of the hell, you know? Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Heavy is the head that wears the crown.